Hey, grown-ups, warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Factor has a menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So, no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Head to factormeals.com slash tales50. That's T-A-L-E-S 5-0. And use code TALES50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code TALES50 at factormeals.com slash TALES50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Hey grown-ups, I have something exciting to share with you. There's a brand new kids podcast out now that I think you're going to love. It's called Mysteries About True Histories. This show is perfect if you love adventures, solving riddles, and maybe even some wacky math problems. But I need a little help from some new friends to tell you more. Max and Molly, take it away. From the creators of Who Smarted, Starglow Media, comes a brand new podcast called Mysteries About True Histories. Uh, does that sound serious enough? Uh, Max, we only have 30 seconds for this promo. Just tell them how your mysterious aunt recruited us into a secret order of problem solvers who travel time and have epic adventures. I don't have to. You just did. Catch new episodes of Mysteries About True Histories every Thursday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Tailblazers. I'm Rebecca Cunningham, and this is Girl Tales, a kid's podcast of feminist stories for a new generation. Before we get started, I'd like to wish a very happy birthday to Avery Bowen. Avery, I hope you have a wonderful birthday. Thank you so much for listening to Girl Tales. Grown Ups, Girl Tales is brought to you by families like yours. If you'd like to hear your child's name at the top of our next episode, or if you would like me to wish them a happy birthday, head to patreon.com slash girltales and donate today. Now on to our episode. This is Artemis and the Hunt for Magic. Enjoy! I'd like to tell you about a friend of mine. Her name was Artemis, and she lived in the forests of Akvanova. That is what freshwater was called a long, long time ago. Artemis was a young girl who spent her days bounding through the underbrush, protecting the local flora and fauna of the wood. You might have recognized her by her two signature braids that trailed behind her as she ran, adorned beautifully in leaves and twigs. Or you might have known her as the girl with a best friend named Arrow, a golden deer that wore a crown of sparkling antlers. One evening, Artemis was sitting by her campfire making dinner. It was a very ordinary night for Artemis and Arrow. They went through their normal routines, eating, cleaning up, walking the perimeter of the campsite, reading some pages in a book, 
setting up their bedroll, and going to sleep early. Maybe it was because they were going about their everyday tasks that Artemis started to worry. She knew every tree, flower, and fern in the forest. She had even learned how to read the sky like a map. And now no corner of the wood was mysterious to her. She loved how well she knew the forest, but would it no longer be special to her now that she knew every square inch? Mostly, she couldn't let go of the thought. What if there's no magic left in the forest? This worry, perhaps the greatest of them all, swirled around in her mind until she couldn't take it any longer. The next morning, she resolved to leave the forest entirely, hoping to find the magic she was missing. She carefully took down her campsite because, you see, Artemis always made sure she could carry her home on her back as she traveled through Akvanova. Then she called on Arrow and the two set off, heading into the center of town for supplies on her journey. Artemis wandered the stalls and examined the wares of the marketplace, picking up dried fruit, rope, and thread for mending clothes. As she shopped, she found her way to her favorite stall in the market. It was where Grandma Phoebe sold hand-bound books and chatted with the Akvanova residents. Now let me take a moment to introduce you to Grandma Phoebe. She was a kind woman with beautiful wrinkles at the corners of her eyes, formed from years of laughter. To Artemis, Grandma Phoebe was incredibly wise and always had a story to help in any situation. When Artemis saw her grandmother waving in her direction, she thought with certainty, my grandma Phoebe will know what to do. With that, Artemis headed straight for the cart. Before grandma Phoebe had a chance to say hello, all of Artemis's troubles spilled out of her mouth. I'm leaving the forest for good. I'm afraid there's no more magic left for me to discover, she said in distress. Grandma Phoebe was silent for a moment in response. She took in her granddaughter's anxious face and smiled gently. Artemis stood incredibly still, as if she was watching a bird that she didn't want to startle away. She was ready for her problems to disappear with one word from her grandmother and didn't want to miss a moment. But Grandma Phoebe replied simply, Always keep your eyes and heart open, my girl. You might be surprised by what you discover. Then she turned toward her cart and dug out an emerald green book from the middle of a tall stack. She placed it into Artemis's hands with a smile and sent Artemis on her way, feeling more confused than before. Didn't her grandmother understand the problem? Artemis thought as she began pacing back and forth. She tried hard to really see something, picking a point on the horizon and widening her eyes. But all she saw was the same line of trees that loomed above her every day, and the attempt only made her eyes watery, and she certainly wasn't surprised. When Artemis stared and stared, Arrow wandered over and used her nose to nudge Artemis's hand. That broke Artemis out of her stupor, and she realized she was still clutching the book her grandmother had given her. 
Upon closer inspection, she noticed the outline of a creature was embossed on the cover, one that she had never laid eyes on before. She quickly opened the book and began to read the story of the creature, which she discovered was called a wild chimera. It had the head of a regal lion, the body of a goat, and its long tail was actually a hissing serpent. The book said it lived in the forest of Akvanova once, but it hadn't been spotted for many years. Artemis felt a fizzing excitement in her chest, her heart lighting up like a thousand fireflies. This is magic, Artemis said, speaking about the mysterious chimera and naming it at the same time. And I have to find it, she exclaimed. Almost as soon as they had left, Artemis and Arrow found themselves heading back to the wood on the hunt for magic. Artemis's first step in seeking out the chimera was to search for its tracks. She studied sketches in the book closely. They depicted the front paws as lion's claws and the back as goat hooves. She looked for the distinct markings on the ground. Arrow was close behind, nose sniffing in the dirt. After about an hour, they weren't having much luck finding the unusual tracks, but Artemis noticed that Arrow had gotten distracted by something at the base of a tree. She wandered over and looked down near the roots. She knew instantly why she had passed by without a closer look. Arrow had stopped at a small cluster of mushrooms, which was a fairly normal sight in the forest. But when she leaned in further, she realized that there were many different types of mushrooms in a rainbow of colors. And there was more. There were very small twig huts standing on fields of moss and leaves in nearby puddles that looked like they were being used as boats. Are those sprites? I didn't know we had sprites in this forest. I've heard of them, of course, but I've never met one before, Artemis said, as one small sparkling figure stepped out of a red-capped mushroom and waved up at Artemis and Arrow. Hello there, Artemis. Arrow, it is a delight to see you. I'm Mayor Bartleby, and I take care of this little town of Mushburg. Mayor Bartleby was iridescent with lovely gossamer wings. They were wearing a green pinstripe suit and tipped a straw hat with their greeting. Arrow let Mayor Bartleby fly and land on her nose, and she lifted her head so Artemis and the mayor could see one another eye to eye. Artemis said, You know who we are, Mayor? Of course we do, Artemis. All of us here in Mushburg really appreciate you folks. The mayor flashed a wide, genuine smile and continued, You're always here making sure there's nothing littering the ground and that all the plants and animals thrive. And you always say hello to even the smallest of creatures. It makes us sprites feel welcome. Wow, I didn't even know you were here in the forest, Artemis replied. Mayor Bartleby nodded and said, to be fair, we can be pretty easy to miss. Artemis smiled and felt that firefly light flickering in her heart again. She couldn't believe there was a whole tiny world inside her big forest world. 
and that everything she had done in the forest had helped in ways that she hadn't even noticed. She asked, What are you all up to today? Oh, you know, just a little bit of this and that. We have a ribbon-cutting ceremony for our new barber shop in town. Come to think of it, it's the fourth time they've reopened their shop in as many weeks. I'm starting to get the feeling that they just like to cut the ribbons. <laughs> Who am I to argue with that? The mayor replied. Artemis giggled and nodded, and then she said, We're looking for a creature that once lived in the woods. The chimera? Have you seen one? Hmm, I can't say I have, Artemis, but we can make sure to look up every once in a while. Artemis thanked the mayor for their offer and then said, And I promise to look down more often, too. Well, that's mighty kind of you, my friend. Now, I've got to head off or I'll be late for the fourth reopening of the barber shop. It was nice to meet you. Artemis and Arrow said goodbye to the mayor as they flew back to the bustling village of Mushburg. Before continuing her journey, Artemis decided she wanted to chronicle their search for the chimera and commemorate Mushburg. She pulled out the book and flipped to some blank pages in the back. She wrote, Mushburg, a tiny town filled with the colors of the rainbow, presided over by a kind sprite named Mayor Bartleby. Then she began to sketch the town before her, her awe growing with every stroke of the pen. After a few minutes of this, Artemis and Arrow set off once again. The day was just starting to transition into dusk, and a softer light was filtering through the boughs of the trees. Artemis, still determined, opened the book to read more about the chimera. In one section, it described the chimera's strange call in detail. It was said to be some combination of a lion's roar and a hiss that came from its serpent tail. Since they had no luck with the tracks, Artemis decided to listen for the call. She motioned for Arrow to slow down, barely moving so they wouldn't make any noise. She wanted to be able to hear even the tiniest sounds. And while it wasn't the roar of a lion or hiss of a serpent that met their ears, they did catch something coming from a little pond just to the right of where they stood. At first, it sounded like a few croaks of nearby frogs. But the croaks gradually grew and echoed around the pond, transforming into something Artemis had never heard in the forest before. Arrow, can you hear that? Are they singing an actual song? She stood still and listened, and she started spotting the frogs all around her. They were tucked in patches of tall grass and floating on lily pads. They were many shades, shapes, and sizes, with big, buggy eyes that reflected the little light that was left at this twilight hour. She could have sworn she heard them singing a beautiful, froggy melody, their harmonies lilting across the pond. The amphibian choir forests so lush are here to send to dusk. Our voices are riveting as they raise in song. So thank you for visiting and singing along.
Artemis couldn't believe her ears. She was transfixed and immediately took out the book to draw some of the frogs, noticing that a few were swaying along to the tune. As she tapped her toes in rhythm and hummed, she wrote, An amphibian choir with ribbit-ing songs. Heroin, I couldn't help but sing along. Artemis eventually carried on past the chorus of frogs, their song following them for a while before it faded in the distance. At this point in her quest, Artemis noticed that something here had changed, something she hadn't seen before. The whole forest seemed to be brimming with possibility. She took in every little caterpillar inching over the earth, every deer prancing with arrow and snacking on leaves from the trees, and every soaring hawk circling above her head. She filled her book with sketches and observations, taking down the chronicle of their adventure. But when the sun set entirely, they still hadn't found the elusive beast in the wood. Artemis looked to Arrow and said, We need an ending to the story, don't we? We should try to search just a little bit longer. Artemis and Arrow moved even deeper into the forest, which grew impossibly dark around them. Arrow lit up their path with her golden glow, casting strange shadows across the forest floor. Artemis couldn't help but take note of the way the forest had transformed again, as the sun fully disappeared. A cold wind rattled the leaves, and Artemis shivered. She couldn't stop and set up camp now. They were close to something she was meant to find. She could feel it in the air. Since it was difficult to see further ahead, Artemis decided to climb a nearby tree. She wanted to get a better view illuminated by the stars. She moved with surprising ease, pulling herself higher and higher to the peak of the tallest pine. Artemis was just nearing the top when... <laughs> ah! The sudden call of an owl nestled into a notch in the trunk startled Artemis, and she lost her footing. She dangerously slid down the tree and grabbed frantically at branches over her head to regain her balance. With a great sigh of relief, her fall came to a stop. Artemis found herself hanging precariously from one branch, with toes grazing a lower branch for extra balance. She took a moment to regain her breath, ready to start her ascent once more. But now, Artemis was really taking in the forest around her, and something she might have missed before was visible through a perfectly placed gap in the tree. Arrow, come on! We have to go quickly! Artemis shouted, and then she climbed back down the tree and ran alongside Arrow towards the site. It wasn't a chimera that waited for them there, but instead, a large glade or open clearing in the forest. This was a clearing they had never encountered before, even in the darkness, Artemis could see it was lush and green. There was a pool of sparkling water that reflected impossibly tall ferns, like a mirror. Moss grew over old, weathered stones, and there were clusters of Artemis's favorite wildflowers growing near the edges. Floating above the water, there were hundreds of fireflies all blinking in a pattern 
almost like they were dancing. Wow, Artemis said as she and Arrow sat side by side, quietly looking out over the field of fireflies. It was like that feeling of excitement in Artemis's heart had come to life. They hadn't found the Chimera that day, but Artemis was certain they had discovered endless magic. Or, more accurately, they had rediscovered it. Somewhere along the way, she had forgotten to really look at this place and all of the wonders that were hidden inside of it. Maybe this is what Grandma Phoebe had meant. This had been Artemis's real quest. She grinned as she sketched the scene before her, using Arrow's golden light to illuminate the pages of the book. She said to her companion, We'll have to bring this back to Grandma Phoebe tomorrow, filled with our brand new story about the forest. Arrow rested her head on Artemis's shoulder as Artemis continued her drawing. And after a long while, just before Artemis got up to rebuild her home here in the forest once again, she wrote one last note in the book. How exciting that the missing magic was here in my home all along. There are so many amazing things in this world just waiting for me to see. That was Artemis and the Hunt for Magic, written by Molly Murphy, produced by Tessa Flannery, performed and executive produced by Rebecca Cunningham. Girl Tales is a Cordelia Studios production. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love this story, share it with a friend. Grownups, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Oh, and remember, I believe in you.